Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Sports Ed proudly brings to you its podcast, Champions of the World, the badass Daniel Johnson, the smartass Drew Pateau, the wrestling Ed Outlaw. Welcome to the Wrestling Ed Podcast. I'm the badass Daniel Johnson. And I guess I'm the smartass Drew Pateau guess buddy <laughs> all right i'm the smart ass there we go uh well welcome to our very first we're gonna call this the first episode of the wrestling id because the is the first uh content rich episode uh the the last one was just us bullshitting so on this show uh daniel and i are going to do uh recaps we're going weekly right daniel yeah weekly it's okay. so much going on right now <laughs> need to be weekly. All right, so we are going weekly recaps of Raw and SmackDown. Uh, we'll do one episode a week where we recap them both, uh, and we will also recap any pay-per-views that happened. And that means that uh, this episode, first we're going to recap the Rumble. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go, let's go match by match, and we'll start out with the pre-show, uh, because there was a title changing hands. The New Age Outlaws defeated the Brotherhood for the tag titles. Which is apropos for our first uh, podcast. Yeah, I yeah. I the remember, New Age Outlaws won a title. We, we came, well, we decided we wanted to do a wrestling podcast a while ago. <laughs> um, it took us quite, quite a bit to get around to actually doing it. but And I came up with the idea for the Open before the New Age Outlaws were like reintroduced. And I remember when they were reintroduced, I was really excited because I was a big fan of the, the Outlaws back in the day. And then I thought, well, son of a bitch, now it's going to seem like I only came up with this idea because they came back. And I don't know why it's important to me, but God damn it, I came up with this on my own. I wanted that to be our open for a while. And then the Outlaws came back. It was beautiful. I, uh, <laughs> I'm excited. You know, I'm excited. Let's go. Let's get right into it. Uh. This was a pretty it good was, match. It was. It really was. Uh, it, it set the tone, sort of, for the night, depending on how you view this pay-per-view, but we'll get into that later. <laughs> uh, you know, Road Dog and Billy, Billy Gunn obviously lost a step, and uh, Arden is in great shape, but they still can perform, and they know how to play to the crowd, they know how to hit their spots, and they're, they're just professional uh, wrestlers. Duh. <laughs> yeah, the, um, considering the like, wh- what would the what's the median age in this match? Like the average age of the competitors in this match? Thirty-eight. <laughs> if well, it's got to be higher than that. I mean, no, because Cody Rose being seventeen brings no. <laughs> it down a bit. <laughs> oh man, no! If he was seventeen, it would make way more sense that WWE wasn't pushing him as much as they should be. But, um. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually argue with you for a second. You said that uh, they lost a step and they're out of shape, and they did. Uh, and they ha- half of them are. I'm gonna say Billy Gunn's still in pretty good shape. <laughs> uh, his face just looks a thousand years old. I mean, relative to wrestlers, he's not in good shape. But I mean, I think average ninety year olds would love to have the body <laughs> of Billy Gunn. 
Uh, so, uh, pretty good match. It it ended uh, with Gunn hitting the Famouser uh, and getting a pin. And I think that is the first time Gunn has actually successfully hit the Famouser since they brought him back. He's, they've The Outlaws have had a couple of matches... And it always, like, just as he's going for the Famouser, he gets speared by Roman Reigns or, you know, somebody else hits their finisher on him. Like, somebody interrupts him. I think this was the first time in, since like, since their return that he actually successfully hit the Famouser. So I was pretty happy to see that, finally. They had to tease us a little bit. You know, we were all thirsty to see it. And, you know, <laughs> we're dying for the, him to hit it and get a one, two, three out, you know, the goes wild so uh they saved it for the rumble which is pretty cool if you're gonna charge me 50 buck for a pay-per-view <laughs> you know give me something i haven't seen well i mean which we'll get into later I guess. well i mean this this was free it was it was on the pre-show so anybody could watch it on wwe.com or wherever they got the pay-per-view yeah so yeah, so. so the famous itself was free but all right, so then uh, after that match, it was... Whoa, whoa, whoa. I was talking about oh, okay. a couple things in that match. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. I thought Goldust was awesome in that match. He did, a, <laughs> he did two moves. I'm not a big Goldust guy. I never was. You know, nothing against his whole gimmick. It was just a little creepy. I didn't know what was going on <laughs> I mean, with that. That's, that's the point, but... And uh, he did, like, a spinning powerbomb? I don't know. What do you even call that? Like, uh, It's he... a spinning... I think it's a, just a power slam. And... He does that, uh, I mean, it's one of his signatures. It's not, he doesn't do it every match. Sometimes he gets interrupted doing it, but, I mean, it's, it's, it's not a rare thing. I, I just didn't think gold, let me preface this uh, saying, I'm just getting back into hardcore wrestling watch. Oh, pfft, hardcore <laughs> of watching of wrestling? Yeah, there, there you, you go. go. And, uh, I hadn't. I thought Goldus couldn't pull that off. I, I mean, he was like thirty in the Attitude Era, and uh, to have himself the athleticism to pull it, I was just shocked. I thought Cody would carry this match the whole way, but he had a good. He had some, a lot of good spots and uh, held his own. So I thought Goldus was really impressive. Cody Rhodes was hot. He was on fire. He's such a. I, I haven't watched too much of him. You know when I did. When I stopped watching wrestling, he was kind of coming up. He's kind of like, you know, who's this jobber? <laughs> but uh, he impressed me too. I thought I thought this was maybe the second best match of the pay per view. Yeah, Cody has been impressive for for months now. Every match has had that. You know, you said he was on fire. Every match he's had has has had that that smooth on fire, high energy feeling. He's he's hitting his spots really tight and putting on putting on a show. It's like the white Rey Mysterio, and that makes me comfortable watching him. Oh, don't say that because I hate Rey Mysterio. <laughs> I hate Rey Mysterio, whoa, whoa. and Cody Rhodes is my is my current generation favorite wrestler. Wait, wait, excuse me. In ring, Rey Mysterio, or on mic, Rey Mysterio? Because in ring, Rey Mysterio, you cannot knock that guy okay, at all. No, I hate both because his okay, his Hurricane Ranas look like shit. Uh, the constantly setting everybody up for the six one nine, like that, the entire match is just all you're waiting for is when's he gonna hit it? It's, it's, it's the same thing as like Cena and his five moves. It's Rey Mysterio and his how many steps until you get to the six one nine. But look, I'm not talking so much WWF Rey Mysterio. I mean, I think any Rey Mysterio fan 
relates to him as more as a WCW guy. And when he became WWF, I mean, a lot of his matches look terrible. The Hurricane Ron like you said, because they start putting him against, you know, six foot five, 300 pound behemoths. Like, you know, that's not what Ray Mysterio, who Ray Mysterio needs to be fighting. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the, you know, some of that is WWF pushing him and trying to capitalize on his success instead of keeping him in the, in the realm where he needed to be. And that's against like Cody Rhodes is, and once in a while fighting a bigger guy like Billy Gunn. But I remember back when I was sort of getting out of wrestling, it was like Big Show and Rey Mysterio had a feud. And I was like, am I? I know I have to suspend some belief, but this is, this is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my father and I feel the same way. Every time Rey Mysterio's music hits when we're watching wrestling, uh, he just, he loses his shit. <laughs> Because it is so unbelievable that like this five foot four guy is going to hurricane around guys that literally have like a hundred, hundred and fifty pounds on him. And the, the point of the hurricane Rana is to get the guy off his feet and like flip him. Mm. And when you're seven foot and you're big show, you're not really flipping; you're kind of rolling. Yeah. So yeah, it's terrible. But we can disagree on Ray Ray. If you ever get a chance, look at the old WCW Ray Ray against like. Juventude and Jericho and Malenko and stuff like that. I think you'd really have a different perspective on them. If by when you get a chance, you mean immediately after the February 24th episode of Raw, uh, then I will. Tomato, tomato. (laughs) Uh, All right. Next match was uh, Bray Wyatt and Daniel Bryan. Uh, This is, you you said earlier that uh, that last match, the Outlaws and the Brotherhood, was the second best match of the night. I'm... I'm 100% positive that you meant that this was the best match of the night, the Wyatt Bryan match. No, no, no I'm, I'm, I meant Orton Cena. I'm sorry. Did you? <laughs> did you you're, oh, you're Daniel, Daniel, don't don't scare new listeners. And at this point, everybody's a new <laughs> listener. Um, he's kidding. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 <laughs> I see what you did there. I want the world to know that I am the a. In love with Daniel Bryan, and I, and he is the greatest thing to happen to wrestling since Punk's pipe bomb, and maybe since Austin McMahon. Yeah, I'm going there. Wow, Austin McMahon was awesome. It, it was, that but was... if you look at the time, like wrestling was really starting to become popular, it was mainstream, and uh, Austin had so much behind him, and Bryan. He is he's bigger than the WWE right w, excuse me WWF right now. <laughs> he's he's the biggest thing going. He gets the crowd behind him in his matches. They're behind him in matches he's not in. <laughs> I mean, yes, is starting to like incorporate itself in modern society. I mean, this guy he's insanely. Like you wrote in our rundown, over. He is insanely over. It is unbelievable how big he is with wrestling fans. Yeah, in my lifetime, I've never seen a guy so. I've never seen such a strong reaction to a single wrestler. Like even like uh, I can't remember which pay per view it was. There was a pay per view at an old ECW venue, and John Cena was in the title match, and he had the title. Oh, it was against Rob Van Dam. And the crowd was just chanting, and they had giant signs that said, if Cena wins, we riot. And, like, even that, I feel like, 
was not as big as the 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 response Daniel O'Brien gets from the crowd every night, even when he's not out there. He represents what we fell in love with wrestling. You know, he's like, he goes out there, he gets great matches. You know, his ring psychology, as they say, is flairish, Michaels, punkish. Uh, he's good on the mic. He's not great, but he's good. You never feel like he's He's better than when he started. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. You feel like he's never overstepping his boundaries and he's always just himself. You know what I mean? I just with all the contrived bullshit they shove down our throats as wrestling fans, he is the last pure wrestler and he gives awesome matches. You can put him with I'm convinced anyone. Batista and Daniel Bryan <laughs> will be a five star Dave Meltzer match. Wow. Um, he, like he, you're talking about his work with, with, uh, Brian, you know, you don't see his spots coming. No. You know what I'm talking about? We're like, you know, mm-hmm. you were watching the Orton Cena match just before we started recording and you, you were narrating it for me as though I hadn't seen it. And you were, you were, <laughs> you were saying like, okay, Orton's looking behind himself. He's waiting for John Cena to sneak up on him. Like, like that doesn't happen with, with Brian, you don't see him like setting up or getting ready for a spot. You don't see him transitioning from spot to spot. It just kind of happens. Yeah, he's he does insane work in the ring. It's really good. But see, that's what that's what the older wrestlers used to do. And I guess I'm I'm older now, so I have to say though, like Shawn Michaels and Brown, these aren't older wrestlers. Well, I, I think of older wrestlers as you know Jerry the King Lawler back in his Memphis territory days. But <laughs> but you know older wrestling, you didn't see that. You were surprised weekly. You know, it was like, it was the same players, but these guys were just so talented and they loved what they did that it was, it was almost fresh. Even though every week it was Austin versus The Rock versus Mankind versus Triple H versus, you know, Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker or Vader, you know, and that's the same issue that happens now, but the talent is just terrible. Yeah, Terrible. I re- I remember like back back when I was a kid and I was watching like during the Monday Night Wars and stuff. Like it didn't matter which which promotion you watched, like you you didn't see stuff like that. Before I was told it was fake, I would watch it and I would be like, "This could possibly be real, I guess." But when they told me it was fake, I was like, "Okay, it's fake, no big deal." But nowadays, if somebody like if if the genie hadn't been out of the bottle, like if if we nobody had figured out the wrestling was fake yet, and we watched like this Orton Cena match, there would be no doubt, no doubt whatsoever. Oh, they, the, the, we're not going to jump too far ahead because we've got. You're right. We're getting to that match. We're getting to that match. So, uh, what else did you want to say about the Brian match? I love Riot. I think I think he did a really good job of capitalizing oh. off Punk's, off excuse me, uh, Daniel Bryan's heat. I think they're, uh, excuse me, uh, overness, I guess that'd be the word. He did a really good job of Pop. playing it up. And, uh, I thought, uh, he was pretty, act- he wasn't great. You know, he's a, he's a, he's a brawler. I'm not a big brawler guy. But his <laughs> in-ring psychology was, was. Then why are you watching WWE? Uh, I wait for like R-Truth and yeah. guys oh. like that to come oh. on. Sinkara. Alright, Sinkara. Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> yeah, but. I put up with those guys because of other people I jump. Anyway, I thought Wyatt did a great job of just being a hill. 
and there's not too many guys in the WWF right now who are good at playing heels. Like him yelling at Brian, oh, I gave you a chance. I gave you a chance. Yeah, I kind of it gave me goosebumps. I mean, he was, he was. Ex- I thought he was excellent. I love his gimmick. Okay, no, here's where I gotta jump in. I can't stand his gimmick. Uh, I thought he was good in that match, and I think he's good at being a heel. He's good at drawing heat and dislike. But a couple things about his gimmick piss me off. One is that he is a like every cliche you've seen in a horror movie. Uh, that's Bray Wyatt's gimmick. Um, just like the, the stupidly pointless sayings like follow the buzzards doesn't mean anything it just sounds remotely creepy so he says it like that's what I mean by by horror movie cliche and the other thing is he blows out a goddamn electric lamp every night <laughs> stop you can't start picking apart and stuff like that bro. <laughs> I, I, I cannot get over that you watching WWE? I know I can't I can't get over that like for almost everything else I can suspend disbelief um, but I, I see him on the Titantron. I see the the actual lantern, the kerosene lantern, and then I see him walk out with very clearly an electric lantern, and then he blows it out. And I just like, I feel like that's that's a WWE showing us why they're not pushing Daniel Bryan because they think we're that stupid. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something right now. Undertaker. I'm gonna I'm gonna blow your world right now. He did not he did not make the lights come on with his hands. He does not have that power. Okay. Yeah, I I understand that. Okay, so yes, it's stupid, but I think he has so much more positive going for him to focus on that. I think that takes away. And but you know you're a smartass, so it's okay. This is what you do. <laughs> I yeah, that's. I mean, I understand that. Like, I I was I was complaining to my girlfriend Alyssa about Bray Wyatt's character, and I said that, and. She was like flabbergasted that that was what upset me. Like, all of wrestling is <laughs> fake, and that is what upset me. Ooh, this, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, let me ask you a question. Do you think Daniel Bryan can have a great match with 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 anyone? Seriously, I, I know I said he could have a great match with Batista, who's terrible. Yeah, I think he could have a great match with Batista. I think he could have a great match with. Um, she's. I'm drawing a total blank right now. He could have a great match with. Exactly. Shane McMahon. He could, yeah, he could have a great match with Shane McMahon. He could have a great match with all five members of the Spirit Squad at the same time. Oh God! <laughs> Do you? There's one thing I think they're doing. They're using him to get other people over because he's so over. Oh well, yeah. I mean, that's that's just a standard thing in wrestling. When a guy's over, you use him to build other guys. That's but why. Usually... That's why people like Wyatt so much. Like the gimmick, yes, is interesting, but the fact that he is so closely entwined with Daniel Bryan this whole time is is pushing Wyatt. The fact that he's beating Bryan and making it look somewhat believable. Like, okay, you you asked me if Daniel Bryan can have a good match with anyone. How many times has he wrestled Luke Harper and Eric Rowan, who are terrible, and those matches are still watchable? A million. Yeah. But, like, the only thing that, dif- that differs is usually – the guy getting people over has the belt or has had the belt for a long time. You know, he's he's in a Brian and has le- a almost legendary figure in wrestling. You rarely see guys they try to quell and not give a push to be used in that direction. At least well, at Brian, least when I was watching wrestling weekly. Well, yeah, and it's unfortunately a lot different now. But Brian essentially does have a belt. 
Like right now, he is the people's champion. He is he's the new rock. You know, he's he's so over. Everybody is wants there... to see him as everybody wants to see him as the champion. So he just essentially to everyone is already the de facto champion. The only thing missing is him actually being in a title match. And that's why no one gave a shit about Orton versus Cena. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. But I, I think <laughs> I think they almost like. Okay, the way this card was set up was the pre-show was the Outlaws against the Brotherhood, then Wyatt Bryan, then Lesnar show, then Orton Cena, then the Rumble. And normally the way you work a card is you you put a match that's going to build up the crowd at the beginning, you put another match that's going to build up the crowd even more after that, and then you have kind of a middle match, and then you have a a, a low match for the crowd to like rest for the main event. And that's exactly what the Orton Cena match was. Was that main that that match for everybody to just fucking like relax, get the air back in their lungs, go grab another beer, get ready for the Rumble. You know, that is, that is unacceptable for a match that contains the World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, yeah. And while just real quick, while we're talking about the World Heavyweight, well, the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, when the fuck are they going to get a belt made for that? I called Vince. He said. <laughs> They're working on it. There's some financial constraints. <laughs> they can't afford a new belt. They're going to send the cash for gold, melt it down, and uh, redesign it. This is, this do tell you something, by the way. Yeah. Let's not talk about – let's talk Brock Lesnar Big Show because we're ready to go Orton Cena. Yeah. I feel like we're ready just to – Tear into that match. That match and then Batista. Okay. I will say it's about Lesnar's show. It was going to be terrible no matter <laughs> But they did. Yeah. <laughs> so in handling the terribleness, giving them that six broken chairs and hitting them before the bell, it kind of just like. Yeah, just real quick in case uh, somebody's listening to this who didn't actually watch the Rumble. Um, <laughs> before the bell rung, uh, Lesnar just beat the shit out of show with chairs. Uh, like Daniel said, he broke. He actually broke six chairs on Big Show's back. Uh, and then ended up getting the pin. And where I think you were going with this was they played it exactly right because it was going to suck no matter what. So the best way to do mm-hmm. it was to have practically no match. Yeah, it's, it wasn't a match at all. Yeah. It's like 10 seconds. It did – it paid homage if you for us old wrestling fans to I think it was a 99 Rumble. It was a 98. I'm not sure. But it was Mankind versus uh, The Rock uh, Street Fight and uh, Rock handcuffs Mankind behind the back and – Hits him with a chair, I think 12 times, 13 times or something ridiculous to the point where it's like, it gets uncomfortable. I cannot watch that match. That's the way I was starting to feel uh, towards the end of this show, Lesnar match. Like, I I like Big Show. I do. I enjoy watching him work. But, like, when you start seeing chairs breaking and you're like, okay, that's the fifth chair he's broken. Then he grabs another one and starts to hit him again. I'm like, Jesus is like, how long is this going to go on? Big show's back is going to be purple tomorrow. Yeah, bro. If you think that was terrible, I'm telling you go watch that street fight, rock mankind. It, it's queasy. And then I saw, and it was really documented, uh, beyond the mat that it was following mankind for the documentary and it crossed paths. Yeah. And it crossed paths with that match. And it just makes you even sicker. You're just like, oh, The Rock was kind of a douche that night, but yeah, you know, The Rock's <laughs> The Rock's a douche. Yeah, if if you're a younger fan and you don't know why everybody loves McFoley, watch Beyond the Mat. You will understand. 
pretty sure it's still on Netflix. So watch it. It's it's a really good doc. Oh, it's it's the it's it's a documentary that's its greatness goes beyond wrestling. You know what I mean? I think anyone who could who's just a fan of movies and documentaries can watch that and just enjoy be it, entertained yeah. and enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Jake the Snake Man. He was such, he was my one of my favorites as a kid. It was sad to see him like that. Oh, heartbreaking. Speaking of heartbreaking. Oh, all right. <laughs> that's a that's a perfect segue for this Orton Cena match. Uh, Randy Orton pinned John Cena. Uh, he 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 won dirty, but he won to, uh, to retain the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, and like I mentioned to Daniel before we started recording, at least in this match, you couldn't hear them calling the spots to each other. What you could hear was the crowd <laughs> chanting, "This is boring." Yep. Uh, Y2J, <laughs> my favorite Undertaker, Undertaker, uh, Randy Savage. Uh, same old shit. Uh, we want divas. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, you can't wrestle. Oh, that, that would have to sting the most, man. Yeah. That just, that's like, if someone's like yelling at me, you can't podcast, like, <laughs> as I'm trying to podcast. Yeah. Yeah. This thing that you've trained, like, most of your adult life for, and you now do for a living, you mm. can't do it. You're, you're doing it badly. They have to... Listen, Randy Orton will soon go the way of X-Pac heat. Excuse me, excuse me, go the way of X-Pac and just get heat. The crowd does not care about him. He comes out, it's smattering of applause and boos. You know, say what you want about Cena, but at least he still draws a reaction. Cena sucks. Let's go, Cena. I mean, people still care about John Cena. Yeah, there's still strong feelings about him one way or the other. With Orton, people are just tired of him. Oh, He's, he, I don't understand. Like, he's brought nothing to the company, to it's, wrestling at all. Well, lately, I when I what? when I started, like, I watched wrestling as a kid, and then I kind of got out of it as I was growing up, and I got back into it around like, must have been like oh six oh seven, and it was around when Orton was just starting to be like that crazy motherfucker that like punted people in the head, and uh, he had the the legacy stable with uh, Ted DiBiase Jr. and Cody Rhodes and like that is what got me back into wrestling like I was watching that and that was entertaining to me and that was good and he attacked Triple H's house and and you know there was there was interesting things but that you can't he's been that character ever since and that was what almost seven years ago now you can't be the same guy for seven years and not get boring he was boring to me in evolution. He and Batista were just, you know, uh, ring card girls for Flair and Triple H for me. <laughs> I mean, I've never enjoyed his mic work. I've never enjoyed his in-ring work. So what is what is there to like about this guy? The writers write a good story for line for him once in a while. If that's the case, anyone could be Randy Orton. I could be Randy Orton. <laughs> Not until you're cut like David Beckham. I'm getting there. I'm getting there, America. <laughs> yeah, all all Randy Orton's done lately is be there, carry two belts, and have ridiculous sideburns. He tried this cross placement of the belts across his pecs. He could even do that right. It started <laughs> to slip out of his hands. He's like, oh, I'm going to use my shoulder. He's trying to look so cool and stoic and 
I'm above all this. And I hope it hurts his soul when he goes in the back and they're chanting Daniel Bryan during your title reign as the WWF champion. I mean, that says, that says it all, man. You're not fighting Bryan. You're not in a, in a, in a he's, feud he's with two, him. That was two matches before you he wrestled, and people are still cheering for him. He opened the show, man. I mean, I know the opening, the opening match generally can still apart. It's it happens all the time, mm. but the they, the fans should not be losing their shit for guys who open the card. This should never happen. It should at least to the point where it outshines the WWF championship. Yeah, but, and what this is to me like the Rumble and maybe WrestleMania are the only two events where the title isn't the main event. Like, the, the title should always be the main event. Otherwise, what's the point of having the title? Mm. And the Rumble and then WrestleMania, like, sometimes the Undertaker match, uh, you know, is more prestigious, is, is is bigger, is better than the title match. And that's that's fine in those two instances. But otherwise, every other night, every other time that that title is on the line, it should be a big fucking deal and everybody should care. And we don't. Because we've no. seen Randy Orton, John Cena for forever, and we've seen Randy Orton for forever, and we've seen John Cena for forever, and it doesn't matter who they're fighting, we don't really care anymore. Although, like you said with Cena, there's still enough people that love him that make the rest of us all hate him. Like, I, exactly. I, I get upset that people love him. You mean kids. Yeah, you, well, mean, you mean kids, kids love and him. women. Yeah, people under 18 and women. Yeah. There's no one, there's no one who's watched wrestling for more than... Five years of their life can can verbalize to me articulately why they like John Cena. You you just can't. He's, I'll, the, I'll say this: the only thing I like about John Cena is he's never at a loss for words. Oh, he's great on the mic. Yeah, he's he's amazing great. on the mic. But otherwise, I can't great. stand him. Great, he's great on the mic. Now this match, let's uh, talk about it. I guess. Let's uh, do the. Orton versus Cena checklist. Uh, Botchamania, at least three times I count it. Check. Uh, Randy Orton walking around the ring for 40 seconds. Check. Ton, not as many headlocks as I thought, but we still had, we, we opened, we <laughs> yeah, opened with say, some we headlocks. With we opened with a headlock. So we had a headlocks, we had Randy Orton walking around. Oh, wait, wait, sorry. We had, uh, we had Orton not winning cleanly. Check. Yeah. Uh, at least three or four times someone was knocked over the rope. Let's say that. Three or four? Three or four? It's terrible. It's terrible wrestling. Look, if you're going to have brawlers going, then people have to care about brawlers. You know, like, all those Triple H Mankind matches weren't, you know, things of beauty, but, you know, you're invested. You cared. So he's like, yeah, you know, this isn't the best, you know. But tell it's entertaining they hit their spots they're professional and there's a great story involved in here and the ending is going to be tremendous and there's going to be some hardcore shit yeah i could not believe that orton retained here because like for all the for all the reasons we've said nobody nobody cares about him why are you gonna have him keep the title i mean it i guess he's losing like he has to lose it next month because at at uh, Elimination Chamber, if he doesn't, and he goes to WrestleMania with the title, who's gonna watch WrestleMania? Like, who's gonna watch that match? When you told me, we like you told me. I mean, 
probably everyone now. It's probably why they gave it. They're giving away WrestleMania for eight bucks a month now. Yeah, well, ugh. I don't know. He's is this friendship? Is this his friendship with Triple H? You know, I mean, is it is it because he's a third generation superstar? Is it because Vince still believes that good bodies and good looking dudes, you know, equal ratings? Because I don't understand the push he gets. I just don't understand it. Like, I would rather see Dolph Ziggler every single day of the week in any match over Andy Orton. He's he's better wrestler. He's better on the mic, even though Dolph is pretty terrible. But, I mean, Brandy Orton is, what's my line, bro? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, come on. Oh. Yeah, not, it didn't even have the decency to take, like, I mean, I guess he lowered the mic away from his face, but not even, like, cover up his mouth so you couldn't see what he was saying. Very <laughs> clearly saying, what's my line? Oh, God. Are they trolling us? They have to be trolling us. Yeah. I, I, I mean, they have to be. Randy Orton's okay. still the champion. Uh, Daniel Bryan lost his match. They're bringing back old guys. Fucking Batista won the Rumble. And Daniel, oh. Daniel Bryan's still not getting a main event push. Let me tell you something about Batista winning the Rumble. It's a disgrace. Yep. It's the, it's the reason I can't stand The Rock when he comes back. You know, and I don't like Cena, but I was hoping Cena beat him. I hope to high hell. You know, it's an insult to the hardcore wrestling fan who buys your pay-per-view every month, who turns, who tunes in the Monday Night Raw, Thursday Night SmackDown, or what's going to be Friday Night SmackDown, you know, who scours the internet watching, you know, classic matches to have guys who disappear for years, dude come back and get pushed over your favorite wrestler. Yep. With for no conceivable reason. Batista is not better than anyone at anything at at any aspect of wrestling. No. Okay, so let's let's talk about the Rumble a little bit then. Um and actually we we can we can talk a little bit about what you just said. He's not better at anything. Fuck. I I can't say what. He's not the best at any one thing over anybody else. Um Case in point, uh, there was there was an article that came out on I, I want to say it was Bleacher Report that um, Ryback was upset when they re-signed when they announced that Batista was coming back because he felt like his his role as the big guy was being challenged. And I think you can debate whether it's actually a challenge to Ryback or not, or whether Ryback deserves that role or not, but. If he does, uh, even Ryback, who I am not a fan of his in-ring work, is better than better at being a big guy than Batista. Like, Batista is not even that great at being the big guy. He's not a very good face. He is a slightly better heel, but there's much better heels out there. You know, he's just... I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> like, they brought him back because he used to be a main eventer, and to WWE, WrestleMania needs to have... Uh, Nostalgia. It needs to have guys that used to wrestle. I mean, you're right. He's just a name only. You know, maybe you can. Yeah, this is the time of year where they want to drum up interest and you know get people excited because this Royal Rumble is kind of like opening day of baseball for the for WWF. Yeah, this is a this is they're setting all the storylines for the year. Guys are getting their push. And, you know, for opening day, they want to have, you know, 
a big star, and for some reason they think Batista's the big star. I mean, we when he walked away, I was like, okay, well. Yeah, I, I was stoked that last time he was on Raw and he was wearing his stupid fucking reflector aviator glasses and a denim jacket with fucking bed, a bedazzled denim jacket in a wheelchair and he's throwing a fit because the night before he lost that I quit match to Cena and I was so happy when he was gone. I'm sorry, I cannot respect a man with a goddamn sun tattooed on his belly button. Like Cisco from Drew Hill. I have no idea what that is. Oh, it was a popular R&B group in the 90s. Oh, the thong song. A hundred years ago. Oh, okay, I know that. Wait, the, the thong song. The guy's name thong song. So he and a five foot eight black man whose sexuality is still in question <laughs> have identical sun tattoos around their belly button. Ah, okay, makes more sense. There you go. It, like I said, man, it's just I don't know what they're doing unless they're just trolling us, getting us so angry that we talk about it, we drum up interest. It's all over the internet because the internet broke yesterday. If you didn't, if you weren't <laughs> on Twitter or any of that stuff. People just lost their minds. Mick Foley, the great Mick Foley, couldn't believe what he saw. All right, let's let's uh, real quick here. Let's go over the list of people that were in the Rumble and should have. Well, okay, I was gonna say let's go over the list of people that were in the Rumble and should have won before Batista should have won. But that would have been uh, everybody. I would have rather seen JBL win than Batista. Um, well, let's go over guys that should have realistically won or could have used the push more than Batista. So. Uh, CM Punk, obviously, would have been pretty big. Um, of course. Any one of the Shield. Yeah. Uh, uh, Damian Sandow, they're they're playing a lot with him, like trying to decide whether they should push him or not. I guess, and I think he's he's worthy of the push. Uh, Cody Rhodes. Um. You can yeah, he's got star in him, man. Cody Rhodes, you know, like I said, I haven't seen much of him. I'm just coming back. That kid's got star all over him. Yeah. I oh, thank God for agreeing with me because most of the time when I tell like somebody asks me who my favorite wrestler is and I say right now it's Cody Rhodes, the half the people are like, why or which one's that? <laughs> it, drives, it drives me fucking crazy. <laughs> They're trolling you. Yeah. All right. So I'm I'm just going down the list here of uh, um entrance in the uh, in the Rumble. So next was Kane at number five. William Regal didn't need it. Yeah. Oh, God no. Uh, six, Alexander Rusev. Um, we don't need to care about him, right? I mean, over Batista, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> if Batista's the bar, then sure, yeah. I well, mean, I just, I think it was stupid for them to, I mean, like, all right, so if you don't know, Alexander Rusev is on NXT, which is the developmental territory for the WWE now. Um, it's still Florida Championship. They just changed the name to NXT, and now it's got its own show and everything. Um, he's he's on there, and they brought him in for the Rumble, and he didn't eliminate anybody, and he lasted seven minutes. And I, I, I think when you do, like, his character is, like, this, this fucking monster. But he only lasted seven minutes, and he didn't eliminate anybody. So doesn't that kind of ruin that gimmick? I think I think in the rumble you can get away with it sometimes because there's so much going on and yeah looking back you know analyzing it it didn't make much sense but by the time like the 20th entrance come on it comes in you're like I don't know, like, 
you don't really remember. I know I personally never really remember too much about the Rumble. Some couple, you know, highlight spots and who won and like some cool like oh moments. Yeah. You know, I just enjoyed the anarchy and it's like I don't know really what's happening because sometimes I'm just sitting there like I'm just flashing from <laughs> fighting this corner to fighting that corner. I'm like oh my god, I don't know what's going on. It's just it's just so much fun. All right, moving on down the list then. Uh... The number seven entrant was Jack Swagger, um, and I hate Jack Swagger, and I still would have rather seen Swagger win over Batista. Yes. <laughs> uh, eight was Kofi Kingston. Nine, yeah, I would rather see Kingston win. Kingston is more deserving of a push. I mean, he's kind of been a career mid-carder, but he's, he's definitely got athleticism and talent. The crowd likes him. I mean, he can go. He can go the way of Mark Henry. You know, I mean, Mark Henry, sexual child. made that. You know, he was a career mid Carter who somehow found his way to uh, you know WWF prominence out of nowhere. <laughs> I hope people recognize that I do say WWF. I do not say WW. Can you bleep this letter I'm about to say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. So next up on the list, Jimmy Uso. Um, I kind of I don't like when they do this when they put like tw- twins or like a tag team in that you know isn't going to really break up or anything like that. Uh, like obviously Jimmy and Jay Uso were not going to win the Rumble, like at all. There's zero percent chance. Why even put them in? Same thing with Kevin Nash and the Great Kali. Well, you know, sometimes it's just you, you, you got to have something to break up the like. It's not monotony, but like sometimes you know, our entrance number eleven, twelve, you're kind of just like, oh, all right, another guy. You're just like, okay, cool. But when it's like a name, you know, you know, kind of gets you a little fired up. And you know, you can, it's like you said about the card. You after some guys come in, you get to inhale, go get a beer, and then you know, all of a sudden. You hear some like really awesome music, and you're just like, "Oh wow, wow, it's that guy coming in," and like you get fired up for a couple more minutes, and it helps you keep going. All right, so then uh, let's I'm see. rewatching the Rumble as we talk. By the way, I'm just enjoying <laughs> it so much. I have no idea what's happening. Like I like every year. <laughs> so number ten uh, then was Goldust. Um, I can see them not pushing him, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're not getting many buys with Goldust as your lead, uh, yeah. as a main eventer. He just, you know, he's, just he's too, too weird. Yeah, he's too different. He's too, which is why I love him, but like he's too different for like people who only watch wrestling every once in a while when it's on to to care. Like nobody's gonna like in, like how many shirts has Goldust sold in his career? Like, dude, you, you can't send Goldust, you know, on Good Morning America. Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. To promote WrestleMania oh, 30. Oh, Jesus. I would love to see Goldust, like, on The View. Holy oh. shit, that would make me laugh. Okay. You know what? Maybe they should do something like that. <laughs> have Goldust be Goldust. Yes. Go on The View, and then, everyone, like, it'll be all over the internet. Like, oh, did you see Goldust scare the shit out of Whoopi Goldberg? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. All right. Uh, number 11, Dean Ambrose. Um, like I said, any member of the Shield, I would have liked Shield? to see you get a push. You know, I'll, you know, I'm not a, you know, those guys are good, man. They're yeah. good wrestlers. They're good on the mic. They're entertaining. I, you know, I mean, I don't think they're good heels in the sense of like I'm looking at this. I was like, oh, I hate them. 
but I'm a guy who usually likes heels anyway, so maybe I'm not the best at judging that. But I I like those guys. I think you know they're the roster is is getting stacked again with really good talent, and I think the shield's a good part is a big reason for that. Oh, huge reason! Like, how often do you see a stable that has like one guy that can work the mic, and then the rest of them are halfway decent? In, in ring performers, and I'm talking just about like like rookie stables and stuff like that. Um, the Wyatts, yeah, case in point, yeah, exactly. Um, usually, there's one guy who can talk, and he does the talking for the whole group. With the Shield, any one of them can take the mic and be interesting. Uh, Reigns is the weak link there, but he's still not terrible. You know, yeah, he's, yeah. Be- he's better than Jack Swagger is on the mic, which I guess is saying a lot. But I'm so- I really hate Jack Swagger. Uh, 12 spot, uh, Dolph Ziggler, yeah. Uh, 13. Yeah, it, it's yeah. – I don't know what they have against that guy. Maybe it's backstage politics, which is always a big part of, uh, you know, wrestling. But I, maybe they, you know, they didn't like his buy rates from his international, intercontinental uh, WCW championship run. I don't know, but yeah. You just – I mean, could you imagine a Dolph Ziggler, Daniel Bryant, CM Punk triple threat for the WWF title? God damn. Yeah, that would, that would be a, a really good match. Hey, that would just, I mean, it would F, F shit up. <laughs> um, okay, I'm just going to real quick read through the rest of the list here. We don't have to stop after everyone. Um, R-Truth, Kevin Nash, Roman Reigns, Great Khali, Sheamus, The Miz, Fandango, El Torito, Antonio Cesaro, Luke Harper, Jay Uso, JBL, Eric Rowan, Ryback, Alberto Del Rio, Batista, Big E, and Rey Mysterio. Yes to all the yes to everyone. Okay, so uh, just a couple of things I want to point out, uh, like about the Rumble. Uh, most eliminations, obviously, this has been talked about on Raw and stuff. Uh, Roman Reigns had Kofi Kingston, Dolph Ziggler, Kevin Nash, Great Kali, Goldust, El Torito, JBL, Luke Harper, Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, Antonio Cesaro, and Sheamus. Wait, that dude eliminated all of those people? Yes. I tell you, what the hell? I don't know what the hell I was watching. I didn't notice that. Holy crap! Oh my god, Kofi Kingston, fellas, he saves himself. He shines in the Rumble every year. There's the acrobatic way he saves himself. Yeah, he, his his handstand last year, and then his 11 foot leap this year. It's it's the only moment of the Rumble that my bless her heart my girlfriend Alyssa watched and it was like those two moments were the only time she actually like looked up and went like ooh because it was it was it was awesome you know yeah and plus uh, who whose shoe did he grab was that Jack Swagger's shoe he was yeah yeah he pulled off Swagger's shoe yeah as he's holding himself up solely his toes on the, yeah his toes yeah. on the bottom rope that was vicious yeah um, so most eliminations was Roman Reigns and the longest time in the match was, uh, CM Punk with 49 minutes and 13 seconds. But just under that, uh, was Seth Rollins with 48 minutes, 31 seconds. And I just want to point out how good of a, how good of a rumble Rollins had. What's that call me? Pause it. We're going to go for it.
Yeah. I'm back. What just happened? Oh, no, my room just went to bed. You know, we always say goodnight and stuff. And he's my boy. So okay. He was my roommate. So. Okay, so I was saying I just wanted to point out how good of a rumble Seth Rollins had. I'm waiting for you to jump in. Oh, I was uh, that's <laughs> was coming back in. Yeah, I mean, if you eliminate, what, 20, how many people, what was the number you said? Uh, Reigns eliminated, uh, they said 13, but by my count, this is 12. So, like, what, almost a little, like, 34% of the entrance <laughs> you eliminated? That's, uh, yeah. that's uh, pretty vicious. Yeah. It's pretty vicious, so... I wonder if they're going to push him off that. But you know? I, I was talking about Seth Rollins, who was the number two entrant and lasted 48 minutes and 31 seconds. Oh, shoot. <laughs> he only eliminated three guys, but he put on a pretty pretty decent show and was in there for a long-ass time. Yeah, I mean, he was he was excellent. I mean, he was excellent. He, I guess they did a good job of hiding him out. You know, he got to help couples. Usually they have, like, that guy that – Always is on the fringe and just keeps finding a way to stay alive. Doesn't really throw anyone away. He's kind of a, not coasting uh, through the match. But, but he's he's the continuity of the match. Yeah, yeah. All right, so then <laughs> the, the total time of the Rumble was 55 minutes, 10 seconds. And like we said before, the winner was Batista, the number 28 entrant. Um Fun facts about Batista winning the Rumble. He is the second and only entrant to win from the number 28 spot. And nobody gives you a bring, shit. You bring stats to wrestling. Yeah. And that, and that yep. makes me happy to be your friend. <laughs> oh, man. He's just... Oh. I've never heard anyone bring stats to wrestling. Like, you kind of threw me off with giving me this time and this guy threw <laughs> I'm like, I've never even... <laughs> I was like, looking what? this, like, immediately after it went off the air, I was trying to look up this stuff, and of course nobody had put it together yet, but... Okay, who was, who got, who was more pathetic being thrown out, Kevin Nash or the Great Khali? <laughs> uh, they're both pretty pathetic. Uh, Kevin Nash... And Greg Cully both fell in slow motion, uh, looked like. And my direct quote when Great Cully came out was, Hey, Alyssa, look at this chicken leg motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I think I enjoyed how Kevin Nash, like, he got thrown over the top and he tried to hold on. <laughs> and then. Well, it was so he could lower himself to the no ground. Sh- yeah, he's like, I'm old. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm just gonna let go. Yeah. <laughs> I already got paid. Thanks. Thanks, Hunter. Yeah, I, I like I hated him being in it this year because the surprise was gone because he was in it last year and just you know nothing like this year he eliminated Jack Swagger and he lasted thirty six seconds. You know, like I had sexual encounters longer than that. <laughs> I fucking hope so. Jesus, only twice though. <laughs> All right, so then the Rumble. I want to talk a little bit about what happened at the end. I'm not sure if you heard this. After the rumble went off the air, uh, Batista, <laughs> the fans were chanting Daniel Bryan because they wanted the number 30 entrant to be Daniel Bryan. 
But it was Rey Mysterio, and as soon as Mysterio's music hit, they started booing, and they started chanting Danny Bryan. And then after Batista wins, the crowd's still booing. They're still chanting Daniel Bryan. They're doing the yes chant. Batista, as he's walking back up the ramp, does uh, Daniel Bryan's... Well, first he stops and snaps at a fan and flips him off and yells some shit at a fan who told him he sucked or something. He was chanting Daniel Bryan. And then he gets to the top of the ramp and he turns around and you know Daniel Bryan's yes chant where he puts his fingers in the air? Yes. Yeah, Batista did that with his middle fingers. Yes. Yeah, and flipped off the crowd. It's, it's, you know, those guys have to be frustrated. I can understand, you know, like, we don't want you, bro. (laughs) (laughs) We do want to see you on TV. We don't want to see you at our main events, you know, and part of wrestling is these guys come in with these egos and your whole job is perform is to perform and be accepted by the crowd because the crowd makes or breaks you. Yeah. And if you're not over, it doesn't matter if you win uh, case in point Goldberg towards the end of WCW. Yeah. I mean, well, they, they jacked, we're not going to get into that. They jacked <laughs> Goldberg up. I mean, they ruined that guy's career. Oh yeah. You know, but Randy Orton had a meltdown a couple of years ago at the IZOD Center. You know, I mean, people booed him out of the building. It's like, I guess maybe backstage are telling you all these things like, hey, you know, you're so close and, you know, it's, it's good, it's good heat, it's good heat. And it's turned out, you know, just, like I said, it's the old saying, it's turned into X-Pac heat. It's apathy, it's disgust. We do not want to see you anymore. And, you know, when Batista first left four years ago, he said, storylines, I just don't like the storylines. and It's PG era. You know, I'm not into that. I grew up in the Attitude Era. And I think the real reason he left is we didn't like him. And when he comes back, you expect some sort of, like, he expected nostalgia. Well, at least in the history of wrestling. Yeah. In the history of wrestling. And we were nostalgic and remembering that we didn't like you in the first place. So please go away again. And give us Daniel Bryan now. Yeah. I mean, oh, okay. So then before we go on to the Raw recap, uh, we need to talk about the fact that CM Punk quit. He quit the WWE. Um, excuse me? Uh, yeah. He, uh, according to reports, before Raw aired, uh, before Raw went on the air, he told Vince McMahon he was going home, and he got on a plane to Chicago. You know the funny thing? I, I swear, I swear I was going to say something about the way he came out. If you look at the way he came out in the Rumble, you know, he wasn't punk, you know? And uh, I think, wow, I, I, even though I'm saying this, I still can't believe he, he quit. I'm kind of confused right now. <laughs> There's so much happening inside of me. Yeah, um, I'm really sad. <laughs> he's, he's he's one of the biggest draws for the company. He's always entertaining to watch on the mic and in the ring. And apparently the reason he quit, um, and until he confirms this, we, we don't know. He hasn't confirmed anything yet. We're recording this at uh, 7.45 p.m. Central on the 29th of January. He hasn't said anything, but 
the idea is that he doesn't like the fact that part-time wrestlers come back and get to headline WrestleMania. And by part-time wrestlers, I mean Batista, who hasn't wrestled for four years, gets to come back and just gets the main event WrestleMania. He gets to win the Rumble. And CM Punk, who wrestles every almost every night, every time they ask him, he's always there. He always puts on a great match. He goes into the number one spot of the Rumble, and he makes it believable that he could win. And Batista gets to beat him. Those guys get nothing. It's it's what we've been talking about this whole podcast, man. It's everything we've been talking about this entire podcast. Yeah, but it's Punk it's gets turning, to do more about it than we do. He can he can quit. And yeah, that's we, gonna make it. We continue to lose. Yeah, we continue to lose. So now, one of the good guys that we all enjoy watching, whether you're a punk fan, you like his attitude, whatever, who cares? He's, he's, it, he is one of the shining stars in wrestling. And we did, and if he's serious about quitting and he's not coming back, you know, the Batista move only continues to shoot the WWF in the foot. Yeah, I can't. I can't see this being being worked. Like this is this has got to be real because if it was worked, they would have made a bigger to do about it. They would have said something about it on Raw, and they wouldn't do it with somebody like Punk, who has already had a worked departure from the company when he took the belt. Uh, what was it two years ago now? So Dude, he had the issue last year with remember with Dwayne. He had the issue with uh, the Rock coming back mm-hmm. and getting pushed. And if you and if you remember correctly, like when Punk did Punk did the pipe bomb, it was after like weeks, months of frustration, years of frustration, and they told him just go do your thing, bro. Just use that and just go do your thing. And he and he flipped on them. And now a year later, you're doing the same exact thing, and not even with a guy that has any real cachet. Yeah, it's not like you're doing it with The Rock. You're doing it with Batista, who people had forgotten about until you announced, hey, do you remember Batista? He's coming back. I'm, I'm, on the web, I'm sorry. I'm just like, I'm like reading it because I did not know this. I'm, I'm scouring the internet right now for things. <laughs> Yeah, I I didn't know that he had quit before I started doing the rundown, but I knew that he didn't show at Monday Night Raw. I mean, come on, bro. It's like, you know, it's like if we podcast every day and we write on our site every day and we do all the things, you know, that it's needed for us to succeed and someone else just comes along and it's just given to, it's a slap in the face at hard work, man. Exactly, yeah. It's... I hadn't even thought of it from that point of view. I was like, gee, I wonder why he's quitting. And then when I started reading articles and that was that was everybody's guess, I'm like, well, that makes a ton of sense. If I was CM Punk, especially considering he said in an interview like two years ago with like, um, I think it was like GQ or something, he said he had enough to retire. And obviously he's been wrestling for three more years now in a much better position than he was back then. He's got way more than enough to retire now and live out the rest of his life very comfortably. But why the fuck not quit on a matter of principle like that? Wow, the WWE has unfollowed CM Punk on Twitter. Yep. Which, which for the Twitter world is huge. Yeah. 
I saw that. There was an article that said, like, in 2014, that's how you know a breakup is real. Yeah. I remember when uh, Dwight Howard left the Lakers. Basketball, uh, Kobe <laughs> unfollowed them. Oh, man. Oh, this is this. That, the, the podcast has just gotten sadder. <laughs> okay. So then let's move on to the Raw recap, then. The recap of Raw for uh, the 27th of January. Uh... I don't know. There isn't really a ton to talk about in the matches here. Um, but I'll just run down the outcome of all of them real quick. Uh, the Real Americans defeated uh, Rey Mysterio and Sin Cara. Uh, R-Truth defeated Fandango. Uh, Lesnar came out and told the authority that they have two choices. Either Orton defends his title against Brock Lesnar that night. Or Brock Lesnar faces the quote-unquote number one contender Batista. And he didn't care which way it happened, but he wanted an answer tonight or else. Here's uh, your question. Yeah. Do you think it's a work with CM Punk? No. I don't. Like I said, so they, they would have made a bigger deal about it. They would have made any deal about it. They haven't. They're saying, some people are saying this is the new way to get over on the smart fan. No, I don't think to so. Use, to use, to almost kayfabe reality. No. Uh, integrate it with storylines. I'm sorry, I'm not buying it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't believe it either. He... I don't think Punk would do something like that to his fans, man. No, and like the the night after he has an Iron Man performance at the Rumble to just to just disappear. I mean, come on. Especially when like the I don't know. I mean, I guess if it was work, it could be a continuation of the Punk versus the Authority feud, but. I don't think so. I don't think there's any way that that's, that's a work, which is a damn shame because I can't watch TNA and <laughs> I just, I can't. And Punk's probably not going to come back to the WWE if this isn't a work. So I'll tell you this, it's going to kill Batista. Oh yeah. Cause the fans are going to be merciless on him. Yeah. They are going. He, I, I, they're gonna have to change plans. There's no way he's gonna survive until WrestleMania as the number one contender. There's no way. There's no way. <laughs> no, and I assume by survive you mean like as a viable option for WWE to to book him in that match. Oh yeah. I mean survive is yeah. in like yeah, no if he goes into WrestleMania as like he gets the match that he's supposed to get because of the Rumble. Uh, the fans will tear down the Superdome. The fans won't show up to the Superdome. We <laughs> go home. Oh man, I'm not sitting here. I'm not. I'm telling you this right now, bro. If there is a Randy Orton, uh, Batista main event for WrestleMania, you're going to do the podcast recapping that whole pay per view by yourself. I, I am not <laughs> watching that. <laughs> I'm not watching any oh. part of it. I am going to take a stand that I am. I, this is unacceptable. I'm sorry. I know we're talking about Raw here, but this is huge. <laughs> this is yeah. bigger than fucking, you know, the WWF trying to cover their ass on Raw Monday night because of the reaction. When Mick Foley slams your company, you need to wake up. All right. And they, they need they need to wake up. Okay. It's time to stop 
thinking you're smarter than everyone, Vince. The world has changed. You don't shove wrestlers down our throats anymore. This is in the 80s. We don't, when you built the whole company of big, huge dudes with big bodies, I know that formula worked for a long time and you feel, okay, this is something I need to stick with. This is a tried and true formula. Well, guess what? That's what happened. That's what boxing disappeared and horse racing and all these other entertainment entities. They did the same shit for fucking 50 years and they could have, well, it worked for the first 50 years. It's going to work for the next 50. They're killing the sport, bro. That is the fact that CM Punk has walked out in the WWF is the, to me, the shoe finally dropping. You think this is the beginning of the end? If they don't, if they don't, if they take the, if they take the attitude that, oh well, we'll just let them go and things will be okay, yeah, I'm, well, I guarantee you. See, I think that's that's what they're gonna do in in regards to Batista anyway. Is they'll just they'll continue they'll carry on with their plans for Batista, and they'll just say, well, Punk's dead to us. We don't even acknowledge that he exists anymore. But to to make up for that, they might, you know, push Danny O'Brien a little sooner or a little bigger than they had intended to. Well, they have to because during Batista matches, you'll hear CM Punk, CM Punk. You'll hear it during main events. We want Punk, and you can't have main events Raw and SmackDown and the pay per view in between. Uh, was it? They do two pay per views in between no. the Royal Rumble. No, just one still. Yeah, it's just the Elimination Chamber. Okay, you had one pay per view, and people are chanting, "We want Punk" in the middle of it. I mean. It, it it's it's a, it breaks through the fourth or the third wall. Yeah, if if every night between now and April sixth, the fans are are chanting "We want Punk." Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna piss Vince off. It's gonna throw a wrench in things. But and that's the sad thing because when he gets pissed, he just digs he just digs in harder. Yeah. All right, real quick. Just going to finish running down the matches on Raw. Uh, so after Heyman interrupted and was the mouthpiece for Lesnar, uh, they had the quote-unquote Battle of Cleveland, Dolph Ziggler and The Miz, because uh, they're both from <laughs> Cleveland. Uh, Ziggler won. Uh, then the Usos defeated Rybaxel. Uh, Alberto Del Rio defeated Kofi Kingston. And then the Brotherhood New Age Outlaws match was a no contest because Lesnar interfered because they didn't answer uh, his his demands. So he busted him in the chair and just started beating people's asses. Uh, then there was a Divas match that I didn't watch because it's a Divas match on WWE and they don't have any good Divas besides like maybe AJ. So I don't watch Divas matches. So you will never hear a review of a Divas match for me until they get some fucking talent. Uh, and then the was main AJ was AJ in it was AJ in it I I think so I don't I I literally as soon as I see like pink on the jumbotron or I like hear a diva's music hit I just fucking fast forward through that shit I don't I wait wait wait, wait. even AJ yeah I don't care because who is she, who is she gonna wrestle like she can she can uh, work in ring but who is she gonna work with like there's nobody she can right wrestle now. her she can watch she can wrestle her shadow <laughs> I'd watch that shit I'd lay down 50 bucks just for that could, uh, could a, I'd watch AJ Batista main event there you go that's the <laughs> only way I would watch the Wrestlemania uh, Wrestlemania Batista's in the main event okay. AJ. but only if it's a squash match 
Like if AJ just takes like eight seconds to beat his ass. I would no, no, that. 60 minute Iron Man. Let's oh, go. No. All right. And then the main event uh, was Cena, Sheamus, and Brian against the Shield. Uh, and the stipulation there was the team that won would be entered into the Elimination Chamber match. All three members would be entered into the Elimination Chamber match. And Cena, Sheamus, and Brian won by disqualification because the Wyatts came down and started beating the shit out of uh, Cena. And I have no there idea where go. they're going with that angle because uh, this is the second, like, the Wyatts cost, quote-unquote, cost Cena the match at the Rumble for the title, and now they fucked up this match. Although it worked out in Cena, Sheamus, and Brian's favor, uh, favor, but no idea where that angle is going unless Wyatt is going to be the sixth man in the chamber. Um, I, I think at this point he has to be. And real quick, speaking of the chamber, uh, so far the confirmed entrants are Cena, Orton, Sheamus, and Brian. And then since SmackDown is taped, usually on Tuesday, even though it won't air until Friday, uh, we know that is going to win his match and make it. It's it's an Elimination Chamber qualifying match. He's going to be in the match. So there's only one spot open. Uh, next time, let's get a spoiler alert out there. Okay? <laughs> let's just go spoiler alert. All right. Okay? I'm sorry. Let's, uh, we'll, we'll see if I can edit one in there. Because, uh, well, just for my, my uh, benefit as well. <laughs> I took the headphones out of my ears. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's all right. I like Christian. Well, it's see, I, I wanted to, I wanted to ask about this. Christian is another one of those guys, kind of, sort of like Batista, where he's not really there full time. Lately, it's been because of injury. Uh, but why do we feel so differently about Christian than we do about Batista? Is it just because Christian is likable? No, Christian can wrestle. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he can wrestle. He he brings something to the program. Okay, he's not forced down your throat, so you know you can deal with him. Okay. Well, yeah, he's he's going to spoilers. He's going to return uh, this Friday on SmackDown. I hate you. You just ruined SmackDown for me. <laughs> it, no, it's it's not. I mean, that's not really a spoiler. They announced on Raw that he was coming back Friday on SmackDown. They might have even oh, okay. said something during the Rumble, but I don't remember. But I know they for sure said it on Raw. Most of the time, it was not a surprise I'd... return. Okay, so most of the time, uh, I watch. WWE program with the sound down just because <laughs> you I, don't wanna, I can't, can't take the co- the constant shoving of advertisement down my throat and Michael Cole's voice. This is how you install the WWE app. You should download the you, app so you can watch during the commercials, but then when we come back for commercials, we're just going to show you what was on the app anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, All right. Um. I don't know. We've been we've been kind of going for a while here. Do you want to keep going and maybe do uh, some power rankings or elimination chamber predictions, or do you want to call it a call oh, it an episode? Let's. We can do a power ranking. Let's try to do a weekly power ranking. Okay. And then uh, we'll we'll save we'll save elimination chamber for closer to the pay per view. Sounds good. All right. Um, power rankings. Do you want to go first? Do you do you have them already ranked? Yes, I have my top five wrestlers. Okay. So let's go. We'll alternate so that we're doing the same number at the same time. So number five, I unfortunately have Batista. And my note here is, ugh, but they obviously have plans for him because they had him win the Rumble. So I don't want him. This this power ranking isn't like my five favorite wrestlers. It is the 
the ranking of the guys who are positioned the best right now in WWE. So unfortunately, Batista is number five. Uh, the fifth best position, <clears throat> Randy Orton. I think they're going to, I think what they're doing is killing his career. So it counteracts <laughs> him being the champion. So normally the champions are on one or two. Yeah. But, uh, what they're doing is just, they're, like you said, I've said it eight times. I'll say it again. He's getting X Pac heat soon. So they're, I think Randy's going to be, uh, slip, slip, sliding down these power rankings. Okay. Uh, my number four, I'm going to actually need you to go f- uh, first, because my number four was CM Punk. I made these rankings just before I found out that Punk was gone. So I'm going to have to come up with somebody else to put in that number four slot. So go ahead and give your number four and take a little time doing it, if you don't mind. Uh, the New Age Outlaws. I'm going to go with those guys. Uh, I think I don't think they're going to have a big run as, title, as uh, tag team champions, but uh, based on Best positions. I'm taking a real life uh, into account here. Guys came back from a lot. They're getting some buzz again. You know, they get some cheers. They look good. The fans are happy. We're all smiling. We love them. And I think, you know, sometimes we forget that's what wrestling is really about. It's about the connection you have with the fans as wrestlers. So maybe they won't have some extended run, but right now they're in a really good position to enjoy this time. And if you know the story why Billy Gunn and Road Dog were fired in the first place. Uh, this is just like a, it's a feel-good story for everyone. Wait a minute, why were they fired in the first place? Uh, drugs. Oh. They really got, they both were addicted and got uh, hooked on stuff and drinking and, and things of that nature. And, you know, old, back in the day wrestling, it had been okay, but this is about the time Vince was, <clears throat> quote-unquote, cleaning up yeah. the locker room. Basically, it's getting rid of guys who couldn't keep their addiction under control. As long as you could keep it under control, you were fine. If you got out of hand, you had to go. And Billy Gunn and Road Dog, uh, like most guys from the '90s, X Pac and Matt Nash and Razor Ramon, those guys, they couldn't keep it under control. So it's good to see them clean. Yeah. Uh, well, I was gonna say. Well, I figured I'm just gonna steal your number four because that's actually a really good one, uh, and I'm gonna put the New Age Outlaws at number four too. Uh, like you said, they. They could not be on the rankings at all next week. They they could possibly fall that far. It, it you know it depends on how they're used, but they are like you said, being the the tag champs in a pretty strong tag division. We'll have to see how they look after they have a match against you know the Usos and Rybaxel and the the um, Real Americans. That's I'm actually pretty impressed with the tag division and, and WWE right now. Um, and with them being at the top and like you said, looking looking damn good for men their age, looking good in the ring. Uh, I think that I think that earns them the number four spot. Uh, so the number three spot for me is another <laughs> is another ugh. It's uh, it's Randy Orton. Uh, like you said, usually having the title should put you at number one, but I hate him so much I couldn't push him down to number five. But he, <laughs> but only because he's still got the belts. He managed to not do it cleanly, but beat John Cena twice. And he's going into what should be a pretty interesting match at Elimination Chamber. Uh, and for me, that, that earns him the number three spot, even though I wish he was nowhere near the top five on this list. Uh, number three, I'm going with The Shield. I think 
for the first time in a long time, maybe ever, there's a, a trio where all three, I think, have a really good uh, chance to make it as individual wrestlers. Though we break it up soon, you know, they started the little, they've planted the little seeds, and uh, I think all three of them could be major players in the WWE right now. Uh, I like the storylines they're involved in, and uh, I think. They're, they're, they're very talented guys who can all speak, and uh, I think WWE has, excuse me, WWF, <laughs> Jesus Christ, has a uh, has a big plan to get all those guys going here soon. So I think they're gonna sneak up and start, especially with the gaping hole left by Punk, pun intended. Oh. Uh, it's uh, some of these guys are gonna get pushed a little faster than they thought they were. I think the Shield would benefit from it. Uh, yeah, my number two spot uh, is the Shield, and they they had a great showing uh, this last Monday on Raw uh, against Cena, Sheamus, and Brian, uh, and they've been having great showings. They've like for a while there, every SmackDown was ending with a six man tag with the Shield in it, and they've just continued to look good. And even even when they're planting the seeds for the group to fall apart, they're still looking good. And um, I think it's going to be probably after WrestleMania by the time they break up, uh, is my prediction. But I think as soon as they do, we're going to have to start ranking them individually, and still uh, probably two-thirds of them are going to make the power rankings, I think. Um, like you said, there's like all three are really talented. There's no Marty Jannetty in this group. You know, There's no guy that I think is going to like fall behind and just get Poor forgotten. Poor Marty. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh... he, like... It's a it's a definition of a whole new word now. His name is is this whole other thing. As soon as he went through that barbershop glass, that was it, man. Yep, it was all over. Two careers in two different uh, Com- uh, two different complete, directions. Yeah, opposite directions completely. All right, so that was my number two, uh, the Shield. Oh, my number two is Brian as the Wyatt. Uh, Brian White. Why can't that? I can't. I'm terrible at names. It's not just football. If you listen to that podcast, uh, <laughs> and I have to pause for a second before I say either one of those names to make sure I'm saying the right one. So I understand. Yeah, I got to text you, Daniel Bryant, at least seven yep. times since you've been talking. <laughs> but uh, um, I think he's in a position right now to be the legit number one heel in the company. Right. Uh they can shove all those guys they want down their throats. You said it earlier. He's about Daniel Bryan being the people's champion. He can be the people's hill. Uh, I think he's talented. I think he has the makings of a hill. And he's got an edge to him. And he, if he and Bryan keep having this feud, and he just keeps getting over and over and over, I mean, geez, the sky's the limit for that guy. And I don't think he'll ever be the kind of guy who will uh, bounce from heel to, to baby face, heel to face, heel to face. He'll be a heel, and he'll be a heel forever. And uh, I think that's a great position for him to be in right now. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't... We differ on the Wyatts. Yeah. We, differ. we just differ on them. It's all right. <sighs> You're not a big fan. No, I, yeah. I love them. He he didn't he didn't make my list and um I wanted to just to point out you said if him and uh, Brian keep feuding, uh, they're I'm pretty sure their feud's over. After I mean, 
they didn't. I, I don't see how they can keep stretching it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's it's got to be done, especially with um, the Wyatts attacking Cena, uh, two different events in a row. I think yeah, that's, I think that's got to be over. But you're right. You but that doesn't right. mean you're they can't. Right. But that doesn't mean they can't push Wyatt in other yeah, ways. I mean, get, they they should. But I mean, you have a you have a, you have a feud with Wyatt. I mean, excuse me, with Brian. Jeez, I can't. This guy's names are annoying. You have a few with Daniel Bryan or a few with John Cena. I mean, you're going to be in a great position either way. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge push. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, interesting to see, uh, you know, they're, they're giving Cena a true heel to fight to try to get him to be uh, uh, a true baby face again. But I don't think that's going to work. <laughs> <laughs> they may accidentally turn the Wyatt's face. If they keep pushing him against Cena, <laughs> they'll they'll possibly be the most over heels in like the last ten fifteen years. Oh yeah, they'll be NWO big if they keep fighting Cena every week. <laughs> All right, so then my number one is obviously Daniel Bryan. Yeah, he, he doesn't have a belt. He doesn't. Yeah, he wasn't even in the Rumble. He didn't even <laughs> win his last match. <laughs> but this motherfucker is so over. There's no way you can't give him the number one spot right now. It, does, it doesn't matter what he does. That's how over he is. He, jo- it, he mean, joined it, the Wyatts, and people still loved him. I'm convinced I mean, that that was supposed to be that that whole story was supposed to be drawn out longer. He was supposed to be a Wyatt for uh, you know a month, maybe two, and then then turn. You know, kind of sell it a little bit more. He was a Wyatt for what six days? Yeah, that I was mean, a quick. That was a quick turnaround. Yeah, and I'm I'm convinced that they had to do it because they just there was he's too over. They love him too much. Even when he's supposed to be a bad guy, they're like, well, this obviously isn't going to work. They're just well, let's just flip him now and get right back on track. You know, because because what's going to happen is you're going to turn the Wyatt's face. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna ruin the. The plans you have for the guy, the guys that he's on a team with. This is, this is let's talk real quick about it. This is a crossroads of wrestling right now. We're at a crossroad, a heel face. Everything we've known as wrestling fans that goes into determining these characters, they're they're at stake right now. Because as a fan, you've always been dictated to who to root for, who to dislike. And for the first time ever, as fans, we are dictating to Vince, Stephanie, and Paul, Triple H, for those that don't know. Paul LeVake. You know, yeah, whatever. You know, what, you think I'm going to get that name out? You know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's no way I'm getting that French out. It's like LeFague. It's like, ooh, dude, what's up? <laughs> Disrespectful. But we are dictating to him who we want to watch, who we want to root for. Who we think is good. And you always had little pockets of this along the way. But to shape the top tier wrestlers in this manner has never happened before. In the sense of, like, it's shaping not just the, the top guy, the second guy, the third, it's the fourth, the fifth, the sixth. Like, it is, it has never happened before in the history of the WWF. And it's just, mom, it's as a monumentous. I, I'm going on the record right now saying wrestling is going to change forever. The way the standard good guy, bad guy, hail face has been blurred 
you know, he had the anti-hero in there with the three categories. So, I mean, the tweener has been in there for a while. Heel, face, and tweener, the guy who's between the two. But, um, anti-hero. Yeah. Anti-hero. But, um, I actually, I read a report, it must have been a month, maybe two ago now, that McMahon actually wanted to do away with heels and faces. He didn't want guys to be like, you know, the, the comic book colorful super good guy or super bad guy. He wanted to do away with that and make the characters more realistic. It, 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 I mean, it makes sense. I don't know if it, I don't know how true that is if I believe it, you know, <laughs> cause I feel like if Vince wanted to do that, Vince would do that. I mean, who's stopping Vince McMahon? Who's yeah. saying, eh, that's not going to work. No, Vince, don't do that. It's, yeah. The, crazy. The number of times that Vince has gone to the bookers and the creative team with an idea and they've shot it down and it hasn't happened, that number is zero. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it might be negative <laughs> if it's possible. Negative seven. Oh my gosh. I, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm sad that Punk is left, but I'm, I'm excited to see what's about to happen. I've got, I've got very little hope that it's work, uh, CM Punk leaving, but I'll keep watching on the hopes that it is. And if it's not, no. then I'll keep watching, uh, just to see guys like the Shield and, uh, the Wyatt, well, Bray specifically, uh, turn into, talent turn into real talent i think it's important that this this is not a work by punk i I really don't think it is but that that little tiny corner of me that just doesn't want to be so sad just is just going to hang on to that false hope just to get me through the day yeah you're yeah (laughs) fuck you batista i hope you listen to this somehow (laughs) you hear this uh and I hope you feel real bad when we make fun of your stupid son belly button tattoo. Who the fuck has a belly button tattoo? Batista and Cisco. <sighs> He's got a diamond stud nose piercing, too. It's all sparkly. Ugh. Come on, this is, this is Batista. It's the guy that came out and shot 50 cows. Yeah. yeah. You know? it's like, oh, okay. It's weird. Like he couldn't he, be any more of a bro if he was wearing a backwards cap every time he wrestled. Oh, you know what I mean? Like a homeboy tucks track jackets into jeans. Have you seen him do that? Yes, uh, on WWF site right now they have the crazy the, the eight coolest things Batista has worn. Let's throw it out there. Oh my god! <laughs> Are you being Look serious? No, I'm dead serious. Oh my god, are you fucking go kidding this? me? I never this this is why I never go on their website. Oh, their site is just it's propaganda. Oh my god. I'm just watching I'm laying the thing the uh excuse me. The yeah, the eight coolest things which he says everyone. Let's click on them. Let's wait till you see his leather vest. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I just found it. I pulled it up. Holy shit. Oh my gosh. Find it's wearing there's a it link. can't be this wizard jersey with Timberlands. That can't be the eight coolest things. Oh, my God. Yeah, here we go. So, <laughs> number eight, Canadian tuxedo. Denim on denim. He's wearing fucking jeans and a denim jacket and no shirt. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let me get... I, I, I wasn't brave enough to go to the list, but yeah. I'm now, now I'm rolling with you. <laughs> We're going through this now. It's happening live here on the Wrestling Id. 
He looks like a character out of Grand Theft Auto that someone created. Yeah, yeah. He made. looks like like the Guido characters in Grand Theft Auto. Oh God. All black everything. Yeah, number seven. All black everything. He's wearing a black like I can't tell if that's a V-neck or if it's like no, it's got buttons and he just chose to button zero of the buttons. He's kind of jacked, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's like fucking, yeah, fucking black dress slacks. He's wearing a, like a black watch and a black wristband too. Jesus Christ. I don't understand the glasses inside, but whatever. He does yeah. it all the time. Oh man, number six. Red Ralph Lauren polo shirt. Fucking Jesus Christ. This is exactly... He couldn't be more of a bro if he tried. He's wearing those fucking... Those glasses that are like half aviator, but they've got like the, that weird plastic outline around him. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. No danger of that. Number five. A no paparazzi t-shirt. There is no this danger. Is, this is this is why CM Punk left. Yeah. Number this four. Is why he left. Number four, white track jacket, no shirt. Jesus Christ. These aren't outfits. Some of these are just like, oh, I got nothing to wear. It's like laundry day. I'm just going to yeah. this shit on. Okay, number three, pinstripe suit. That's a pretty pimp-ass suit. I'm yeah. not going to lie about that. That, that one's all right, I guess. Number two, a, oh, okay. Now, why why was the red Ralph Lauren shirt number, what was it, four? And now the pink Ralph Lauren polo is number two. Just because it's fucking pink. Like, you... If somebody had never seen Batista and you were trying to describe him to him, you could be like, just go to any college campus on fucking, like, Pledge Week, and the first guy you see in, like, a polo with a popped collar and fucking aviators, that's Batista. I don't understand how these are the coolest things when you see... Like you said, you could find a million douchebags wearing this daily. Exactly. It's fucking... It's ridiculous. And then number one, oh Jesus Christ, here we go. Leather vest, no shirt. And he's still Sorry. wearing fucking aviators and acid wash, acid wash distressed jeans and one of those weird fucking like leather bracelet things that's gigantic. It looks like the other one is like prayer beads hanging yeah. off of it. It's what like, the whoa. fuck, dude? This, this motherfucker. No, you gotta read, you have to read. The uh, captioned, I'll read them. <clears throat> no ensemble screen Batista quite like this one. <laughs> a leather vest with no shirt underneath, sunglasses indoors, random jewelry. Even if it was just dangling from a hanger, you'd immediately know this outfit belonged to the animal. No superstar, besides maybe Adrian Adonis, who is a part of the East-West connection, ever went this hard. We're grateful that he did. I was going to say, don't leave out that last line. What the fuck? <laughs> I nearly Jesus choked on my words as I was speaking. That's what happened, and I couldn't get it out. Oh my god! I can't. I I can't. I cannot do this. <laughs> the first and last wrestling good podcast. Oh, the first <laughs> the first comment in all caps. We want punk. Oh, that's what we should name this one. We want punk. That should be the yeah, name of this that's, podcast. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, the number two comment: sweet navel tattoo, bra. Bruh. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <sighs> All right. Well, this monstrosity of Batista facts and uh, punk news and Daniel Bryan love has been your first episode of the Wrestling Id. Uh, you can check out 
more sports stuff, including real sports stuff and more uh, WWE stuff on thesportsid.net. Uh, and when you get there, you can sort it so you can see just WWE stuff. Or we also do an NFL podcast, which uh, we'll be recording the Super Bowl preview issues uh, issue episode soon. Um, we cover the NHL. We're going to be starting up MLB a little closer to spring training. And Daniel's getting ready to start his NBA podcast, I understand. Yes. Yes, I think I'm going to produce that by myself. Oh, boy. That, uh, hang on. Hang on, ladies and gents. Just going to get a little bumpy. <laughs> if, if you think Daniel is the most entertaining member of our of our three-man troop here on the Sports Id, uh you're definitely going to want to check out the NBA podcast. It's going to be full of hate, uh, <laughs> uh, random ramblings. Yeah, yeah, I just doubled up, and uh, you, who knows where we're gonna go there? That's just gonna be all me. It's just gonna be nuts. It's a, it's a it's a rabbit hole you don't want to go down, Alice. But I think you enjoy it. <laughs> all right, so keep an eye out for that on the sportsid.net, uh, and make sure you check out the sister site on the id network, the Cinema Id. Uh, they're over at the cinemaid.net. You can check them out on Facebook.com/slash/thecinemaid on Twitter at thecinemaid. Uh, and if you want to email us, you can email the sportsid at gmail.com, the sportsid at gmail.com. Uh, just put WWE or wrestling or something in the title uh, so we can pick it out from the all the other hundreds of thousands of emails we get to know that it applies to this podcast and not one of the others. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if you emailed us and we started reading it because we'd be really excited. Oh, yeah. We'd know exactly what podcast you're, you're referring to. <laughs> So don't put anything in the subject line. Just put, <laughs> just put, just put we're the first. Yeah, the exactly. First. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, for the wrestling id, I'm Drew. I'm Daniel. Kane Dewey. <laughs> Thanks for listening.